Welcome to Hollywood 2.0, this is Peter Katz. Unfortunately, my co-host Rich Silverman couldn't make it today, but we have my good friend Robert Pratton, CEO of Transmedia Storyteller. Recently, he launched Conductor Mobile, a mobile app that allows audiences to participate in transmedia entertainment from the convenience of their smartphones. Before we get into that chat with Robert, I want to talk about an interesting TechCrunch article written by Anthony Ha. It's called Pocket God's Other Success. Pocket God is a very popular game for smartphone platforms. That title was adapted into a digital comic that sold over 200,000 issues. To create a synergy, the comic could be purchased at the same app store that sells Pocket God. And it was also promoted in the game. It would be interesting if film studios use the same approach to sell story extensions of their movies in the form of digital novels and comics and games. They could cross-promote that in their marketing and in the films and credits. This could drive sales and create a stronger relationship with their fans who want more content after watching a movie. It's an impulse buy that could be purchased at the same place they bought the movie. Now let's talk to Mr. Robert Pratt. And I was getting back into marketing. Social media was getting... Uh... You know, I'd been sort of like working with, with that on the on the feature films and it was something quite new and it was very interesting. And then I worked for um, a year for um, a user-generated viral video uh, startup. And it was during that time that uh, I discovered Henry Jenkins' book, Convergence Culture. And when I read it, it was like... I don't know. It was, it, was, it, was like, it, was, it was a really defining moment for me because it was like, this, this is amazing. This is where I should be. It's like the intersection of technology, marketing, and entertainment. And uh, this is a real sweet spot for me. And I started thinking, you know, I really started getting into it. And uh, I started discovering these alternate reality games and everything. And I started listening to the problems that people had about scalability and, um, you know, that it might be just a hardcore of people that were playing the game and this type of thing. And uh, I left this this uh, viral video starter uh, where I was working as a marketing director. And I, I started looking around for other, for other things. I did a couple of consultancy projects. And in my mind, I still had this, uh, this transmedia storytelling that I wanted to sort of... Uh, get these sort of clients inv involved with and they were kind of you know not very receptive uh, back then it was probably like uh, 2009 now by this time in the summer and um, then I just said to myself you know what the way I can see this market development I think this is definitely the way it's going I mean like advertisers are having a tough time getting attention um, and retaining people's interest and then you've got the, um, the studios the publishers anybody with content you know they're they're having this um, they're having trouble being discovered, being referred, and I'm totally into like Henry Jenkins' um, uh, approach to this, like spreadable media and this type of thing. And I thought what we need is some kind of technology uh, solution that leverages, um, you know, these these kind of like behaviours that people already are already doing. They're already sharing. They're interested in reading stories, and I think there's an opportunity here to to do something. So. I started working through some ideas on paper, and um, as the marketing guy, I needed a technology person. And probably about six months went past, and I've met a couple of people in the Bay Area. And then on Facebook, um, this guy Alexi popped up, who I'd worked with before at the viral video startup. And I thought, Alexi, why didn't I think of him uh, before? And he'd since left 
this startup and we'd already got on well so I pitched him the idea and he came on board straight away so the two of us then started to work together and that was really the, the uh, sort of beginnings of Transmedia Storytel Limited. So working through these ideas, I think was the project to really, um, as a pilot really, to sort of like demo it as a proof of concept for the technology. And um, that was the Low Lives project that I did. So that was with uh, Simon Wood, who's um, a writer also in the uh, Bay Area. And um, the project was going to be a novella, and um, that would be sold as a normal kind of book, a paperback, and also a Kindle version. And we would also have a web series, 10 videos um, from a different character, and a series of blog posts from a third character. And that was almost as much as we knew, because that was you know, kind of how I wanted to test out the platform, that we would publish stuff on demand, we would be able to um, publish stuff to a date and time schedule. And I also wanted to put together a very simple, I mean, to call it an ARG would be a little bit overblown, but a, a very simple kind of interactive story where you could um, say to one of these characters that you wanted to help them solve a crime, and then the character would reply with different quests, that you'd go off um, and research this kind of information on the web and get back. So we're not talking about Mensa-level puzzles or anything, like some of the uh, ARGs. It's very basic, um, very basic stuff. And it was in 2010, no, 2000 goodness me, probably about 2011, January 2011, that we launched uh, Low Lives, and it ran for three weeks, and that was our first proof of concept for this technology that we developed, and we didn't have a name for it then, but I was thinking about calling it Conductor, um, and I may have also registered the domain, but uh, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to do, but the success of Low Lives was, you know, was really good. What's the newest development at your startup? I'd love to hear yeah. more. Well, I mean, right right now, it's like, I think it's quite amazing because we now have like a full-blown ecosystem for transmedia storytellers. And what we've uh, launched this week, uh, May the 28th, we made the uh, public announcement of it, is um, it's a mobile app that uh, doesn't require you to do any development because we've done all of that development. And so now if you develop your, um, if you write your story with Conductor, which is a cloud-based network intelligence, you can now offer that story on our mobile app just with a click of a button and filling in some kind of uh, details about that world. And I think the reason this is a big leap forward is that now you can um, basically get to market quicker. And we've taken care of a lot of the problems, I think, that um, storyteller, transmedia storytellers face, and that is presenting the world in a coherent way. It's managing the sign-ups. It's managing a way to show people progress through the world. It's getting repeatability on the experience, and um, that's all kind of done for you now. So it's really, and you know, if we look at this discoverability issue, the app works as a kind of portal because anything that's uh, published with Conductor can now be listed. It doesn't have to be, but, you know, it's advisable. It can be listed on this app. And, of course, it's getting in front of people that are already in, in front of the audience that already likes to play these types of uh, games, that likes these kind of interactive, uh, permission, um, uh, pervasive kind of stories. 
How would you explain conductor to someone who's never heard of the term transmedia? Well, so it's an audience engagement tool. So if you're, if you're um, a TV show and you want to engage audiences between episodes, what conductor does is it tells stories on social media, on email, and through our API, we can connect into any other kind of platforms that you might have. So if you've developed a flash game, for example, that goes with a web series, if you get people to register with the Flash game, you can then send that information through the API to conductor in the cloud. And it means when they later interact, maybe with a character from the show on Facebook, we can give them an integrated connected experience to make sure that they're immersed in the show while it's not on TV. Now, none of that mentions the app. And so you don't need to offer, but with the app, what you can then do is start to reward people with uh, different achievements. You can give them badges. You can, you know, you can show them. You can start offering um, the kind of typical things that people might be used to when they when they play games. And I guess what we, you know, what the advantage of the app is is um, it kind of pulls together everything that might be dispersed on social media. So. Firstly, the reason you're doing it on social media is through social discovery, so that if I interact with a character on Facebook, people that are in my social circles might see that activity and want to know more, and then, of course, they can get on Facebook. And Facebook is where people hang out. But if you then want to start showing, you know, if you've then got some kind of quest or some kind of game that people are playing that's going to unfold over time, the app allows you to, to show their progress. You can give them experience points as they interact with the world and they pick up different pieces of content. And, um, you know, so it, it kind of uh, lowers the barrier in a way. It's easy. It also makes it easy to explain. So if you've got somebody on the show or if you're going to put up like a... Um, a card, you know, some kind of title card at the end, you can just say, download the conductor app and find us on there. So you download the app and there's like a one page pitch, which says, you know, this is a story. It plays out over these platforms. It's going to last for this kind of period of time. And these are the things that you can win if you get involved. And uh, it's just an easy, you know, it's an easy way to start working with this. And of course, there's no software development costs because this, you know, it's it's a scripted system, so it's it's not like there's artificial intelligence, but um, it all works. You just need to decide what you know how this story is going to play out, so you can get creative people working on creative ideas straight away, and you don't have to um, kind of translate that into a code for someone. What's your business model? Yeah, so what we're so what we're doing now is we're licensing the platform. It's in closed beta, and we're working with uh, a number of different companies different individuals in different areas and um, there's a license it's basically licensed to them on a per project per annum uh, basis and where we'd like to see it going is on a freemium model where for a basic you know sort of project independent creative they just want to try out a platform and see if it's something that they can you know do something cool with then it would be free and then as their level level of ambition increases and the number of, sort of subscribers the number of the audience that they're interacting with so we'll have different you know pricing stages um so that's what that's where we're going to go i mean where we see this tool is as a kind of adobe creative suite for the transmedia generation because we've got the authoring environment 
you know, you've got the mobile portal now where, you know, you can get directly to your audience on a mobile. We've got the API that will connect into any kind of, um, you know, bespoke software that you might have. So, for example, you know, one company we're talking to now, interactivity on the forum, um, you know, let's just start a standard forum, determines how the different uh, forum members level up, basically, you know, whether, you know, what kind of status they've got within the forum. That is then transferred over to Conductor. So now we know, now Conductor knows how these people are regarded in the forum, and that affects how the story plays out when they interact with the world on Facebook or on uh, Twitter, for example. So this is so this is the thing. It's a full ecosystem that means that pe- you know you're good to go as soon as you sit down at a desktop. And I think that I think too often I hear creators, you know, complain that they don't have the resources. And you know what? I think sometimes it's it's a bit of an excuse. It's much better to go out with an idea and kind of market test it, test it with the audience and uh, see if you get any traction and then start worrying about building up big budgets and this type of thing. And I think that's where we really um, see this tool really taking off, that people can come in, they can try something out and uh, once it gets legs, then we'll, you know, share in their success. But at the entry level, you know, then, um, then it will be for free initially for these people. Has Conductor used analytics to measure success? Yeah, yeah. So everything that comes in and out of Conductor is journaled to a data file. So it will say this person contacted this character at this particular time, and this was uh, the message, and this was these were the triggers. So what? So just to step back a fraction. So what happens with Conductor is you create a character, a fictional character. It could be like an entity or whatever, and you give it social media accounts. And then you tell it to listen for events on those accounts. So it could be someone commenting on your Facebook wall, or it could be somebody sending you a tweet or a text message. And then you tell it what action to take. And so with this, with these metrics, we can look at all the different incomings and outgoings, and um, you know, in a very detailed, uh, detailed way. And like I said before, you know, our people. They, you know, they can level up and they can go into these different groups and their health can get diminished. All of this, every single activity, every single data point is journaled. And then what we can do is export that. So you can have a, like a quick look at the data. Like So often you want to implement this and then play test it with a small number of people and just check that everything's working the way, you know, there's no gotchas in the other and so on. And then once it's in uh, real life, and you've got like you know volume of traffic going through it. You can export this and then start running different sort of macros on the raw data to pull out the information you want. Because the one of the one of the uh, sort of challenges really is saying you know what is the stand. It would be nice to produce a sort of a dashboard for somebody that just said this is engagement. It's five, but everybody has got different because different projects. Um, have different goals, then the way that you measure the success will be different. So right now, um, it's much easier to just journal the data. Well, we would do that anyway, because sometimes you want to track, you know, if somebody says, oh, I sent a tweet and it didn't, you know, it didn't react, you want to be able to go in and check, and then you find out they actually tweeted a completely different character, not one that you were, you know, the conductor was monitoring, for example. So, so uh, yeah, like I say, so you, not only... Are we looking at lots of different 
projects, but each of those projects, even if they're the same type, um, have got different ways of measuring, you know, got different goals. Some want awareness and they'll measure it in this. Some want retention and they'll measure that in a different way. So it's, so right now, you know, the way that that is measured will be different. A lot of transmitter projects try to get people to migrate from one platform to another. But at the same time, some people prefer just being on Facebook. Do you recommend speaking to each platform differently? Yeah, I mean, and also I'm not a big fan of like trying to get people to migrate because there's, you know, there's friction there. So if you've got somebody on Facebook and they're engaged, why would you want to then get them to go off and do something else? Unless it's to actually buy your book or, you know... You know, then it's you know, then you've got a good then you've got a good argument. So I think it is in the experience design, and um, you have you have to look at it not as you know a series of individual platforms and trying to get people to go across these platforms to piece together information. You should be looking at a coherent experience and saying, well, during the day somebody might be on Twitter in the morning or let's say like, you know, they wake up, you know, what we know about our audience is they wake up in the morning. The first thing they do is they check their email. Then um, they might check their uh, Facebook page. Then later on in the day while they're at work or while they're um, in the coffee shop queuing up for their regular latte, they're going to check Twitter, these types of things. So it's not, it's interacting with people in the way that they are already interacting with social media, not saying I'm going to create a story and it's going to force people to do something on Twitter where they wouldn't normally do it. So you're you're, you're 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 focusing on the natural migration habits of a of a young young adult, exactly, or anybody. You don't even need to be young. But for example, I'm just saying hypothetically, <laughs> you know, like you know, if you look at uh, YouTube, the most popular videos are leaning more towards people that are younger, actually, if you look at, like, the most popular videos. I would say that the most popular vid videos are all character-based, and it tends... They are, they are YouTube characters that uh, people get attached to, and that's why they're popular. And uh, it just so happens, I think, that those characters tend to be younger because maybe they don't share the same kind of inhibitions that older people have. I mean, I think as you get older, you worry about... Uh, what other people think a lot more. Okay, you could say that about young people with their fashion and this type of thing, but in terms of sort of like getting on Facebook, getting on YouTube and, you know, just playing up or having some fun, you've got, you know, a lot less, you know, a lot fewer worries, I think, when you're younger than, uh, than when you're older. So you're more likely to just give it a go. I think we're good. Thanks for being on Hollywood 2.0. Thank you very much, Peter. All right, you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. You can check me out at petercats.net and my co-host is uh, at richsilverman.com and go to Facebook, follow us at Hollywood 2.0.